1: Welcome along to episode 649 of The Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be chatting with Gary A. Wales and some more of the cast of the film Rage as we find out about what's going on, how they are getting on with the production and when their premiere is. On top of that, Gaz Bertels joins us from the South and formerly of the beautiful South as we find out about their gig at the Robin 2 in Bilston coming up on the 11th of December. We have a natter with Willis the Poet, aka Rick Sanders. He'll be talking about his latest work and I believe we will have a surprise up his sleeve for us too, almost quite literally. Zoe Turner lets us know about her latest charity work as she's off raising funds to help get roads back in Britain and protect what we have as well on top of that. Plus, we'll be talking to Neil Curtis about his work as he has a brand new advent calendar that is certainly only for those with a very open mind. And Bob Lawrence shares news of his single release as well. A man whose voice you will have heard on voiceover work and on your wireless has now got his singing lungs on as well. So we'll be hearing about that. That's all coming up on the show this week.
0: The South play
1: The Robin 2 on the 11th of December, the last gig on their tour. Well worth going to see them. Gaz Bertels joins me now to tell me what is happening. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I hope you're finding you well. Yes, just woke up, but fine. That's (laughs) the way we like it. So uh, this is part of the gigging life, though, isn't it? Um, now you've been touring them down the country. Uh, the South, for those who don't know the, the band as yet, are missing a treat for to start off with. It is the music of the Beautiful South, uh, with members of the Beautiful South, just not the ones who used to stand at the front. Uh, well, one of them,
2: yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Alison uh, was the last uh, female vocalist with the with the South, Beautiful South. Yeah.
1: And uh, so you, you've got... That iconic sound, and you've moved to the the, the front of the band, Alan, Air singing. But it does limit your ability to play sax at the same time. I'm going to guess.
2: Yes, I'm afraid so. Um, yeah, I had, when when Dave Hemingway left uh, a few years back, four years ago. Uh, yeah, we thought, well, we either pack in the band or find a new singer. And we were thinking about finding another singer. And I thought, hold on, I'm a singer in my own bands anyway. I'll have a go. So uh, we, we auditioned me. And I
1: got the job. <laughs> well, this is And was it you who was actually leading those auditions as well?
2: Who? Sorry, was it yeah, you leading was, the audition, yeah. yeah, I had the I had the, I had the casting vote. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that always helps. But I mean, do a fine job of it too, by all accounts. And with with the work of the South, it's not unknown for the occasional song to come out of the the work that you guys do that is is an original as well, is it?
2: Yes, yes. We we did an album ourselves. Ooh several years ago uh, as the South Um, and we've over the years put in various songs but yeah we usually end up with probably two songs at at least from our album which sits alongside you know we're we're quite proud of them and uh, yeah people you can see people mouthing the words so it's obviously yeah People are buying
1: it and, it's penetrating your audience, and they're it's, yeah. they're getting in their heads, as did all the tracks from the Beautiful South back in the day, and uh, that are now being kept alive in a live form, uh, alongside the, uh, the the new work that you're doing. And it is very much a sound which is born out of the quality of the musicianship. As yeah, uh, you know, some bands they're just kind of thrown together. This is not the case with what you guys do, is it?
2: No, not at all. Um, so when when the, when the Beautiful South split up. Um, uh, the drummer sort of phoned around and said after two years he was bored, bored so uh after the band got together so there were six original members and we just replaced the ones who weren't there pretty much we with the beautiful south there were three uh, lead singers but in in the south there's only two uh, and in the beautiful south there were three brass players and then in, in the south there's only two so we've we've actually you know, we've got nine members in the band instead of eleven. Which is, <laughs> which
1: <is a> bit... <laughs> it's still a huge band, though, isn't it? And I think this—I've I, I, got—I haven't managed to get to a gig, but I've actually seen some of the guys from the Beatles House performing at a gig I did a while back at the, uh, the the NAC in Brum, and and that was amazing in itself. They were performing alongside Eleven Creed, and I don't know whether you were one of those, to be fair, because it was a little while back. So the look on your face says no, yeah. but there was some of the brass section there then, um, and uh, yeah, this in, in itself is. Yeah, the, the musicians who will turn your hand to whatever is necessary and uh, it, it's all about the, the quality of the performance and, and you just shine when you're on stage. Yeah, it's,
2: it's uh, as, as members have left over the years I've replaced them with people I know in Leicester to make the logistics a bit easier uh, and yeah, I know that they're all of a, a great quality uh, and the hardest job is when um, Damon the keyboard player, original keyboard player left, Damon Butcher because uh, when you listen to Beautiful South songs, it's pretty much all keyboard led.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and so we have the hardest job replacing the keyboards actually. Uh, but the chap we've got now, Andy Price, is, is stunning. It's uh yeah, it's a it's a real pleasure to I do I do actually stand in awe, listen to some of you know, some of the things he pulls out of the bag and I'm, wow, that's beautiful, you know. yeah, right, it's great. It's oh. <laughs> working with them.
1: And there have always been songs that have been about the melody and clever lyrics too. And it's it's I think you you get that and you, you need to listen to it on every layer and every level.
2: Yeah, yeah, obviously throughout the years. Uh, I thought to know all the songs, obviously, you know, <laughs> playing, playing brass since nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, but actually when it come down to reading the lyrics and 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 singing, I'm thought, how the hell does it get that that line in? You know, I've never heard that those words and my life you know um but yeah so I've had to sort of really concentrate on the the lyric aspect which is I would say it's it's just it's beautiful um but also I've had to learn to sing you know (laughs) I've had to learn to sing properly because I thought I I thought I was okay uh but yeah the the range of um because I'm probably singing both parts Dave Hemingway's and Paul Eaton's Mm -hmm. excuse me so, yeah some some songs are quite low, some songs are quite high. Um, so, yeah, I've had to learn how to sing these great lyrics.
1: So, what can we expect as far as the set list goes on the night? Uh, have you got support too, or are you being your own support and really treating us?
2: Well, we have been doing two two gigs uh two sets a night uh, since July,, uh, but I saw the contract that had come through the other day, and it's, it says we're we're doing one set, and we have a support, so uh, I think that means we've got to do a, a ninety-minute slot, which is which is what we've always done. Um, but yeah, it'll be all the bigots that you everyone knows, um, but with some album tracks in there, which you know you have to be a die-hard fan to sort of to know what they are.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and I'd say a couple of our own our own tracks as well.
1: And there is always going to be a song that somebody knows, or even if it's an album track. Everybody. Knows a Beatles South song, even if they've never seen the band live. I mean, the, the it, it is music which is which sits in at uh, the, the core of uh, uh, of the charts for. Well, I mean, it was what a good ten years, wasn't it? it? Must have been.
2: It was eighteen, the actual full length of time we were together. But yeah, I suppose by the end, uh, the hits were probably not so big or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's uh, eighteen years worth of. Yes, sort the of top 40 hits, and and we do find that like, you, know, you find people have been dragged along by the friend or the or the boyfriend <laughs> or the girlfriend, and um, then coming up to them and say, I didn't know, didn't realise I knew so many songs, and, and that's generally <laughs> the the reaction.
1: Yeah, but- but, but the band were at the forefront of, of releasing on CD as well, and you always got a treat with a beautiful South CD, uh, with maybe an instrumental or something, so you could sing along at home. Uh, or there the, the were always extra tracks, and you, you always got good value from the band. And again, this is what you're going to give with those ninety minutes on the night on the eleventh of December.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No rare B sides. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. There the rest songs sort of songs that never made the albums and just you, you had to buy the single to get these tracks and uh, yeah there's a lot of uh, so I'm just trying to think of some of the instrumentals we used to do a like, lot we did used to do a few few live instrumentals as a beautiful sound it's, uh, mm. but yeah we've not got lot Good point.
1: Mm. Uh, well, well, I, I, I yeah. have the first three singles in their cardboard sleeves still in my record collection at home, and uh, they, they, they were beautifully packaged as well. It was always a nice way of doing things, and again, putting them into a cardboard sleeve, which it was like an album, uh, was so much better than those horrible plastic cases that we used to get singles in back in the day.
2: Yeah, yeah, i I've still at the beginning. We used to, you know, when when every single came out and every album, we got copies of it. But towards the end, I think that's just got Fed up of giving them out to the band, and we'd we to asked for them if we wanted them. So, um, <laughs> so, so I'm not, I don't, I don't possess the full, full collection, which is a bit odd,
1: yeah. Well, I've, I've certainly got bits and pieces that I've enjoyed and dipped into over the years, and uh, having seen the band play live at uh, uh, it was uh, the V Festival in I'm thinking 90, 99, uh, 98, 99. It must have been somewhere around there. It must have been 99. Uh, so yeah, so I'm glad you remember that better than I did. But I, I was I got sunstroke that day, so uh, oh, yeah. that, that, that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. But uh, uh, yeah, it, that was a treat in itself. Seeing the South perform now at the Robin Two in Bilston is going to be amazing. 01902 401211. That's Wolverhampton 401211 or the robin.co.uk for the website to get your tickets. Get yourself along there, see the South, Gas Bertels, and the eight mates who are out on the road. Gas, lovely speaking to you. Thank you for joining us and uh, have a great time on stage. Right, Thanks a lot, mate. Mm-hmm. Now, a name that you will know from the heady days of Beacon Radio, and you may not even know what he was doing behind the scenes because you heard more of this man's output than you could ever possibly believe. Bob Lawrence is your man, and uh, he is embarking on a new part of his career in the media. Uh, (laughs) We heard him on air back in the day. He used to do, uh, what was it, Beacon Shropshire Breakfast at the same time as we were doing kids' stuff at one point, I think. Or at least he's certainly around at that very... I'm getting it right, aren't I? Uh, You are. And he's here now to tell me more about what he's up to. I thought I should have let him talk because he's got an amazing voice.
3: I've got I've got a croaky voice, but um, <laughs> I've been using it a lot. Jason, how are you doing? Nice to speak to you again. Nice to see you again.
1: It's, it's uh, been for
3: for about three time. and a half
1: decades since we last saw each other in real life.
3: I think so. I think so. A lot of water under the bridge since then, mate. Absolutely. Um, so, what
1: is going on then? Because you suddenly headed off into the world of music. You know, sometimes, sometimes, Jace,
3: life just throws these curveballs. <laughs> I've been doing. Um, I've been having a really good time uh, doing the morning show on a radio station called United DJs, and everything was fantastic and I loved it. It was great, and then it closed out, mm-hmm. and. And it was like, oh, right, okay. Now, at this point, my career was such that I was pretty much earning my living, as I have for the last four decades, three decades, whatever it is, from voiceovers. So mm-hmm. I would provide my voice to whoever needed a voice and radio commercials, TV commercials, TV shows, whatever it may be, um, and the radio show. Anyway, but the radio show ended and it was, it was one of those, oh, right, I'm at one of those
4: Crossroads,
3: yeah. yeah. And I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and so the first thing I did was I just took two weeks off and literally didn't speak to anybody for two weeks. <clears throat> Recharged the batteries. And during this time, a pal of mine who um, had also worked on United DJs uh, came over for a cup of tea and we sat and chatted and... In the lead up to my show each morning on Facebook, I used to put a four line rhyme. It was like a a limerick Mm. and it always ended with the line and I'll be on at nine. And we talked about that. And he said something about poetry. And I said, well, I've always scribbled. I've always written down rhymes. I've got a hard drive full of them. (laughs) And he said, well, really? And I said, well, not literally full of them, but yeah, I've got (laughs) loads of them, you know. And he said, well, do you never do anything with them? Said, oh, no, no, it's just one of those things I do. Um, so we talked about that. And, I, and in the conversation, I said, one of them, I've always thought, would make a great record. And he said, well, why haven't you done it? And I said, because I don't play an instrument. <laughs> I sing really badly. I can't write music. you know." It's, it's, uh, and he said, but I can do all those things. And, of course, he can. He's, he's also a um, music producer.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And there was that moment where there was just—I don't know—maybe a second and a half of silence as we looked at each other. <laughs> but it felt like an hour of silence. And uh, and I said, "Are you serious?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So we did, and we recorded it. And then at the end of it, he said, mm, "I'm not sure this is a great single. Let's do something else." I said, "What do you mean? Let's do something else?" He said, "Well, you must have something else." And I said, I've got loads, but I don't think there's anything there that would make a good record, a good song. And he said, well, write one then. What? (laughs) And it just so happened that I'm at that stage in my life when things are starting to go wrong with my body. (laughs) Um, And uh, I think when you get to the mid-20s, you'll find this, Jase. When you get Mm -hmm. to your mid-20s, things start happening. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I got a really bad, for the first time in my life, I got sciatica, and I couldn't sleep. I was sleeping about an hour a night, and this was during the summer, and so at four o'clock in the morning, I was sitting in my armchair, looking into my garden, because it was summer, it was light, and um, suddenly this blinding flash of inspiration came through, and I was thinking about, you know, I'm getting old now, but actually I'm still functioning, I'm still okay. And I picked up a pen and paper and started scrawling. And mm. we were there came out of that. And um so I showed it to Dan and he was he was really positive. I mean he he said, yeah, that'll do. Oh, great. <laughs> thanks for the positivity. Um and so we set about recording it. And um you know it's a song i think a lot of people will identify it because identify with it because i think what's happened in recent generations is that when i was a wee lad mm-hmm. when you got to you know 60 years of age that was it you were retired yeah and you became an old age pensioner and an old age pensioner did this and did that certainly didn't do that, and looked like this, but of course that doesn't happen anymore now it's just it will this- change, yeah, yeah, and you just sort of become another year older, mm-hmm. and this song is actually about you know, we may be sixty or seventy or seventy five years old, we may be fifty five years old, but actually it doesn't matter, and there's that curious thing that happens. When as you, as you get older, you start to realise that you become invisible to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you just become, oh, there's that old fat bloke over there. No, I'm not an old fat bloke, I'm Bob. <laughs> yeah, there's that old fat bloke over there. And their eyes continue going around the room, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so I just wrote this song, which is, it's, somebody said to me, is it a protest song? Not really, it's not a protest song, it's just actually a song about saying, we're still here. We still do the things that we always did. You know, you look at the age of of Cliff Richard and Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger's probably a better example. Yeah. You look at the age of Mick Jagger and you think, I mean, obviously I don't know him, but my my image, my my perception of him is he probably hasn't really changed his lifestyle in the last 20 decades. You know. <laughs> he's still doing i mean probably not doing what he did when he was 20 but he's probably still doing what he did when he was 40 yeah and he looks fantastic and he's still you know they're still functioning in the way they used to and that's what this song's about but i didn't i didn't want it to be a kind of you know a bob dylan hey we're still functioning man and you know please don't be horrible to us so there's there's a bit of humor in there as well a bit of tongue in cheek mm-hmm. um i mean and, and there's references to you know um world events that we lived through and musical events that mm. we lived through um you know we were there when Bowie met bolan we were there singing wigwam bam um, <laughs> you know um and of course the mention of uh, black country favorite slade mm. um um, as I crank up the volume on Slade. And, and so there are there references in there. And you've got Dave Hill still
1: out there doing it as well. So that's, you know, it all ties in. But, uh... do, you know,
3: do you know, this is a true story. I've told everyone this, so I've probably told you this as well. <laughs> when I lived in New Hampton Road West in Whitmarines, yeah. although I told everyone it was technical. When I lived in New Hampton Road West, Dave Hill used to park his car outside my house every Thursday night. That mm-hmm. Yob, Yob 2, was it? Or Yob 1, whatever his number plate was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I could have got him on it, but um, no. Although, w- w- I mean, there is um, there's an amazing guitarist on it who was in Wadi for 14 years. <laughs> and uh, he now plays with um, Wishbone Ash. And he did some amazing guitar on it. But, yeah, it's, it's basically a bit of fun, but with a message.
1: But, but, uh, but do we actually hear your voice on here, though? Mm. you you and everything it's really me and everything
3: (laughs) it's me um it's me singing which you know took a while i've got to say (laughs) dan deserves a blue peter badge for for (laughs) doing that um there's me singing which i never ever thought would happen in a million years um but there's me singing and there's me talking in it as well um and and it's it's a bit of fun but i hope it will resonate with uh, an older clientele. Mm-hmm. But I think um, younger people, I'm just hoping it might not change their view because a song's never going to do that on its own, but just make them think a little bit. Actually, you know, yeah, you are still a human being <laughs> and you still have got a little glint in your eye. And, um, you know, because because I, I, you know, undoubtedly, they think that, you know, you get to... I don't know. Let's say nominally, you get to sixty, and then you you lose all your sense of humour, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's madness. But yep. so that's the idea behind it, and you know whether it works or not is 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 down to the people who listen to it. But um, I think it I think it does.
1: Well, we're going to do exactly that in a moment or two's time. Uh, but how does this work as far as socials and promotions go? Because I should think there's there must be an amazing advert of you doing a voiceover on it. Hopefully, please tell me that.
3: <laughs> there was one uh, a few weeks ago in the lead up to it see this is all new to me um <clears throat> social media and, and i know social media has been around for ages and i've been on social media for ages but i've never really understood how you use it mm. and uh so in the lead up to the release of the single we had um we had specially made little videos you know in the build-up and one of them had my voice on it but um you know, there's, there's only so much I can do with my voice.
1: It's <laughs> uh, not true. Uh, Are you pop up all over the place? I, I love it when I said, there's Bob. And, uh, <laughs> I, I know him. Well, I knew him 35 years ago anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to be truthful and say that I've had a good innings. And, um, you know, I, I, if I were religious, I would thank the Lord every day for, you know, a, a good career um uh, basically out of my voice and um
1: well, long may that continue long may we hear more from you in the musical front too i think it's a you. bit of a treat so uh, we're looking for basically look at bob lawrence we were there and on all the platforms spotify yeah. and, and is a real cd too
3: um it's not a real cd it's uh, it's a digital download um in all honesty Let's see what happens. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, I'm funding all of this myself. There's not hmm. a big record company behind me on this. So um, let's just see how the digital goes. I'm not ruling it out, but. See, we the moment, want
1: things for you to sign. This is what it is. We need, we need product. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, should, we should work on, on that one. Meanwhile, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. It always was thank over you. the years. You're such a talent. Thank and, you. I, 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 they, you know, I can say that because I've seen you at work. It's amazing. Bob Lawrence, thank you for joining us.
3: Jason, thank you very much.
4: Just won't understand the brand. to matter at all. Just because we get free prescriptions don't mean that we know nothing at all. So next time they make you feel useless and it's applicable to women and men. Just summon up your best Roger Daltrey and shout, We won't get fired! schools. We were there singing my sweet Lord.
1: spoken to Gary A. Wales in the past about the movie Rage. We are now joined by Gary and another three of the team behind the project. We have Barry Smith, we have Michaela Sweeney and Paul Lapsley. Good afternoon to you all. Good afternoon. 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 So first of all, Gary, tell us a a bit about Rage and and the point we're at, because I know we're not too far away from that premiere now.
5: Right, exactly. So um, Rage, we've been working on for quite a while, uh, myself and David, who unfortunately couldn't make it today. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been working on it for quite a while, and we we have came across this uh, these wonderful people um, and in the line of uh, creating it also. Um, Rage is about uh, a young man who takes a, a spin with uh, drugs and alcohol, and um, he gets a little bit violent, well, I'm not going to say a little bit, but he gets a, a quite quite violent towards his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and things take a really strong twist. Um, we we made this project to, of course, raise awareness of domestic violence, drug abuse, um, and what that can actually do to families. Um, we do have a few of the, the cast here. Um, we've got Michaela, who played the babysitter, um, who actually observes me uh, handling some drugs in the household um, with my wife and child. Um, We've got Paul Lapsley, who was Ryan, i.e. the bar security guard, um, who violently took me out. And um, we've got Barry, who played one of the police officers. Um, So, yeah.
1: So quite a cast and and say quite a story as well. And uh, when you're looking at anything like domestic violence and and this sort of thing happening within a family, obviously it is something which will unfortunately touch a nerve with a lot of people. But hopefully by talking about this sort of thing and highlighting what is going on in reality through the world of the arts, we can hopefully get somebody to be able to stand up and talk. And uh, I think that's a, a good, important message that comes off the back of anything like this.
5: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think like obviously what we're portraying, we're we're portraying um like we're not hiding anything. We want to come out pretty strong, pretty harsh. Um, we didn't want to hide anything. Um mm-hmm. I have seen quite a lot of it, um, and it is quite graphic, um, which is good. You know, people need to see that. Yeah. Um I think the world that we live in with like Hollywood and everything. That's that's something that I'm not interested in. I'm all about being independent, um, and doing our own thing and showing people what it's actually like behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I, I, we don't we don't need to sugarcoat it. You know, so we're being as real as possible, um, in this. And I, I think we've I think we've nailed it pretty well. So yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk to the team then. First of all, Michaela, tell us a, a bit about your role as the babysitter.
6: My role as a babysitter, I play Courtney Spence who's Alex's girlfriend and they come home from a uh, date and I've been looking after their wee boy Colton. And I know that he's upstairs um, getting ready for bed and when they can come in, I know that there's been a serious situation. I can sense the atmosphere. I hear shouting when they come in the door mm-hmm. and I ask her if she's okay um, before before leaving. And I just, it was very bad feeling. I actually see the character Alex take some drugs um, before I leave, and then that um, makes my character fully um,
1: And what was it like coming to a film like this? Because when you'd read the script, you knew that it was going to be quite a harrowing tale.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was quite intense um, watching it as well, because we all the cast remained on set. Um, even during the kind of private scenes. Because again, in front of me, I was only witness to arguing. I didn't mm-hmm. see any violence as a character, but on set, you know, it's quite, it quite intense, definitely a serious topic that we spoke a lot about.
1: Uh, and so Barry, tell us a, a bit about your character and, and his interaction with the story. Uh,
7: being the police officer, it was, uh, you know, it's quite powerful when you're coming into the room, you're finding, you know, what's happened there. You're arresting him. You're, you're taking them into, you know, like the police cells. So it's quite powerful. It's quite lifelike. The film's quite, uh, like Gary said, it's quite uh, to the bone, how you'd imagine life situations, which is it's good,
1: you know? Um, but a, a difficult story to tell, and one where, I mean, you, you're playing a, a part on on the right side of uh, the uh, the story, but even so, uh, you know, just, just seeing what the other actors are putting themselves through to get this to come across so realistically, that must have been quite traumatic.
5: Yeah, it was great. I
7: mean, uh, especially when we did, uh, you know, the police scenes, when I was involved in it. Um, it's very, uh, it's quite lifelike, you know. It's good to portray and get as close to the bone as possible, which is good, you know. Very, very
1: uh, powerful scenes, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Paul, you play a major role in changing the direction of the story.
8: Yeah, well, my character is uh, Ryan, uh, who, uh, at the, for the bar scene, uh, it was to throw the character out and, uh, well, to make it look as, <laughs> well, as great as possible. Door stewards don't usually throw people out this certain way because uh, I used to be a door steward myself many, many moons ago. Uh, but I was also the fight coordinator for the whole thing as well. So I did all the arranging for even the police scenes where uh, they had to put them in a restraint
2: mm-hmm.
8: and uh, put them into the cell. Uh, and that was good as well. Yeah, and, and Gary,
1: obviously, uh, in the work that you've done bringing this story to life uh, and yeah, working uh, alongside the rest of the team, getting the casting right, it must have been uh, uh, yeah, a good one. I mean, Paul's got experience of, the, of a real life role, but fortunately for him, not one that had required him to, to carry out the task that the film requested him to.
5: Right. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that I wanted to uh, kind of look for, like people having that kind of experience. Yeah. Um, and their and their past lives and stuff like that. You know, I I know Paul um for quite a long time now, so I I know exactly what he's capable of. Um, I know what he can do. Um, which which is great to know. You know, so it it really helped the film massively. Um, and yeah, I I appreciated him. And you know, we 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 did actually um a true fact. We actually um had a few moments on set where um we took a wee McDonald's ride and we we got into some some vehicle actions
8: uh, yeah that's right <laughs>
5: yeah so so we got into a little car crash um not not because of Paul because of the other tool um I'll call, I'll call him a tool um but yeah I mean he he kept us chill you know and he's he's just been absolutely amazing he's he's worked really well with us and he, he knew everything which was great so like we didn't have to like outsource and look for these other people because he was there to mm-hmm. kind of like he knew about harnesses and knew about like different like if, if there wasn't uh, um if there wasn't something in front of him he, he he would think of something and he would go get it and he would come back in
1: and find the find the way to make it work to make a fight scene work and, and the action work there uh, exactly. so so Michaela I mean you I haven't seen the whole finished product yet I'm going to guess uh, no not as yet, but are you, are you excited by this?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's it's always a good build-up um, and it's nice to see the finished product. You know, it's hard to imagine all the individual scenes coming together mm-hmm. um, and and getting the whole story in one. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward um, to, to seeing it soon,
1: yeah. And then, I mean, looking to, to, to Barry, I mean, for, for you, um, again, you, you get to uh, wear the uniform in this one and, and, and be a figure of authority. So uh, is, that, is that something that, again, that you, you've, you've enjoyed doing and are looking forward to seeing the final piece on? Oh, definitely. It's, uh, it's exciting, you know, especially to see the finished article. I've only seen the glimpses of it. and It looks great, so to see the full article would be... I'm definitely looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Paul, stand standout moments for you, I suppose, are actually throwing Gary out of a bar.
8: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and helping the uh, Barry and the others uh, do the restraint as well. Mm-hmm. And no, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the whole thing put together. Yeah.
1: Well, so we're not too far away from seeing that. Gary, give us all the details on, on what we have so far as far as the premiere goes, and, and what happens next.
5: So basically, right now we are currently in post production. Still, um, I have went through maybe two drafts now. So I have seen final pieces and you look amazing by the way just saying um so it does look good and i'm actually i'm really looking forward to 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 showing all the team um to hear their thoughts um on ways that we can maybe improve it or just get some feedback like like on the spot you know so that will be good um we do have a premiere coming up which is january 24th and that is going to be at the hippodrome theater in bonus that starts at seven pm. Um, tickets are on sale right now. Tickets are selling very fast, which is amazing. Um, so, and we do have some some hopefully important people um involved that's going to be uh, coming along and guesting, um at the event also. Um, all the proceeds from Rage, including merchandise and ticket and the premiere night, um, will be donated to Victim Support Scotland. Um, to help others in need, doing some
1: absolutely excellent work off the back of it, telling a serious story and making sure that that message comes across in the right way and through a piece of drama yeah. which is uh, gritty but realistic and uh, one which will hopefully uh, make uh, it possible for people to step forward and be able to get themselves out of a similar sort of situation. Uh, for now, thank you all for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. thank
8: you. thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah.
1: Rick Sanders, aka Willis the Poet, is a gentleman who has got some fantastic work out there. He's got a brand new book, a lot of it's secret. He will tell us more as we explain what's going on as he joins me now. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? I'm good. I trust we find you well and the, the living life at the moment.
8: Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. I, 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 uh, I went to London last weekend and my daughter gave me a shocking cold, uh, as, they, as they do. So um, I might be coughing into my sleeve at some point during this conversation. But I've as got well, a glass
1: of water, which is very professional of me. As long as you follow all guidelines, we'll be OK. <laughs> so the top secret poetry notebook.
8: Yes. What, it's, uh... what, what on earth going on here? <laughs> so I, uh, I've i been doing poetry for a while now. And um, I, I was very uh, grateful to the lovely people, which is just one person, actually, uh, Stuart Bartholomew of Poetry Press. Um, for pu- for publishing uh, a little collection of my works, um, I'm going to show you a picture, which is great for the radio listeners because they can't see it, um, but you can. Um, and it's really a collection of uh, comic verse and nonsense, which is which is kind of what I do really. Um, Grown up over sort of four or five years, as I say, performance poetry, and um, yeah, I've known Stuart for a while and been involved with been involved with the Ver- Poetry Press and the Ver- Poetry Festival, which is a it's a Birmingham-based. Poetry festival. It's just mm. fantastic. Well, you, you've, you've done slams
1: um, in Dudley and beyond, and all sorts of other stuff too. And is with, with Willis the poet? Is this a persona, a character, or just an extension of you when you want to be anonymous?
8: Oh, I, mm, it's a little bit of everything, people? really. Yeah. Just to start with, it was a um, it was a way of getting me in front of an um, open mic night um, microphone without feeling too nervous. So I. Yeah, I adopted this character so that I could step out of myself, I suppose, to perform. Um, and yeah, and that just really helped me with the nerves when I, when I very, very first started. Mm-hmm. And then once I created this character, I uh, I couldn't go back then, so that, so that was that. It was my but, own fault, really.
1: But, but does he have a, a kind of different look to you? Is, is it almost you are donning the outfit the that is Willis?
8: Yeah, sometimes. I'm known for my cardigan collection, <laughs> uh, which Willis always wears a nice cardi, uh when he when he's out and about. Um, but then again, I wear I wear them every day anyway. So it's like, well, it's, it's actually really me. Um, it's,
1: it, it's winter; it is allowed. That is expected at this time of year. But Willis would wear one in the height of summer.
8: He would. Yeah, he's got he's got a range of knitwear, um, knit, you know range of knitwear that he can apply to any season. Jason, mm-hmm. that's the way it goes.
1: And, 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 and another creative uh, stream for you? Are you knitting your own cardies these days?
8: No, no, I don't think I'll go down that road. There could,
1: uh, there could be a merchandising range to be had there. Yeah,
8: there could be. Yeah, I get someone Willis the poet on the back and uh, try <laughs> try and flog them
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, job. So give us a, a a little bit more on the the sort of poetry we're looking at here. And in fact, you can share a poem. You have a book in front of you if you wish to perform.
8: I can. I will. Um, yeah. So as, as I said, it's it's nonsense poetry, really. I started with this kind of gimmick of having lots of lots of little books. I pull out of different pockets when I'm when I'm reading and and I did that primarily because my memory is absolutely appalling. Um, (laughs) So I I tried to remember a poem on stage once and I just crashed and burned. So um I uh I started to do yeah I just this gimmick thing with lots of books and then that really took off which is why the the that's the top secret notebook because people know me for having lots of different notebooks. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay I'll do you I'll do you a quick one pick a subject you've got food transport sport love or beasts or cautionary tales and nonsense i'll let you decide the, the latter clearly cautionary tales and nonsense okay so this is called henry the 8th so it was um, it's not actually called that actually it's called on the 11th of june 1509 because i'm nothing if topical and not up to date jason that's, that's um, good. but it's about henry the so on the 11th of june 1509 henry the married catherine of aragon the paragon of spanish virtue the school day rhyme "Divorce beheaded died, divorce beheaded survived" could have been so much more succinct if they just got on. Yeah, there you go. That's that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that I like that is. Uh... Yeah, that, that that appeals to me when it comes to poetry. That is, the, the, uh, I, I'm not necessarily always the lovey dovey uh, from a, from a greeting card type of poet uh, appreciator. I, I, I enjoy something as good fun as that. And um, I mean, you must have influences there. I'm kind of hoping Spike Milligan might well be up there
8: based on oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, big style. Um, yeah, Spike Milligan. that um, oh, there's just there's there's loads of um, loads of poets. Uh, John Hagley's probably my favourite, but I, I grew up in the in the sort of 80s in the in the thatcher years you know when when we used to have proper satirical poets that would really really cut into the government and um i remember seeing john hackley once on oh, it's just some sort of friday night late show thing mm-hmm. and, and i'd never seen a stand-up do poetry in the way that he did um and, I, and i've followed him ever since really um but there's a lot of comic poets that are out on the on the scene that I that I really enjoy their work. Um, because you, you've got Porky the poet as well, who goes by another name too. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil Jupiter's yeah. Again, I haven't heard him read poetry for ages. And then I also realised that um, the the DJ who was also um, uh, Ah Lister. I can't remember his name. Craig <laughs> Charles. Craig Charles, yeah, fantastic. He used to do poetry. He started off as a poet. But I mean, you
1: think the Scouse accent suits poetry, though,
8: doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's some there's some uh, great Scouse poets around. Um, yeah, a good friend of mine, Sean Thompson. He's he's uh, he's not a funny poem, uh, funny poet by any means, but he's he's an artist and a, a creator. But he he, he uh, he's from Liverpool and he does some fantastic poetry. But just getting yeah, having having an accent makes you stand out, you know, at different. I go to a lot of open mic nights, and anybody that stands out, is slightly different. You know, mm. really catches catches your ear, uh, and it's fantastic to hear some some different accents, lots of dialogue, um, or dialect rather rather than dialogue. I mean, dialogue you can no, say that as well, but part of the dialect, isn't it? Yeah,
1: one, one without
8: the other wouldn't work. <laughs> poetry without dialogue, um, although I did do a poem without dialogue, um, which is an interesting. Do you want to? Show- I, I'm developing the style, Jason, of performing poetry on the gazoo.
1: Okay, I'm liking that idea. That is uh,
8: fantastic. <laughs> I'll, uh, there's no words. It's just, it's, it's just what you might call loosely call music, but it, okay. it's not really. I'll, get, I'll give it a go. Are you familiar with the limerick format? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. i okay. I ju- just tune it up. <laughs> yeah, that's all working. Can you hear that? I'm getting that. <laughs> It's Fantastic. So this is a um, yeah. I've got a range of these, but this is this is your limerick one. You're like this.
6: <laughs> oh,
1: and, and that that is, a, is right. a quality bit of rhyming there as well i mean the, the way you did the v, with the v, as well that was just spot on
8: it's brought a little tear to my eye actually it's very moving I, that
1: i just um, thought you spilt your water but there we go so, uh, whether you're channeling the clangers who would have done that on Swanee Whistle, or whether you're oh. performing uh, some amazing work with actual words in, uh, it sounds like your retreat uh, whatever stage you happen to be on. What else is going on? Because you, you, you've got slams and the like. We can get the book. The book will make a fantastic festive gift. So give us all the details on what we do and where we find you.
8: Yeah, so the book, um, you can either... Well, actually, you can get it through uh, verve, uh, uh, dot com um just go onto their website there's some fantastic um poets published on there just um yeah search for what is the poet or or rick sanders it'll come up on both um and you can buy the book through there. um and um yeah that's the easiest way to get it really uh, unless you know me personally and you can contact me personally and, and i can send you one in a post and, and scribble my name in it as well if you want right, um,
1: look in game looking on facebook so here yeah, you get on it could prove interesting yeah yeah Oric Sanders, AKA Willis the Poet, thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks very much. <music> Zoe Turner has been up to all sorts of things raising funds for charity. She did, I think, seven pigs, and even though she had no idea where she was going, she is back with more. Fingers crossed, she's got a better idea of where she is this time and joins me now on the line. Hello. All right. How are you doing?
7: Good. I like your little monkey.
1: Oh, right, yes, that's... Uh, I think he's got a name, but there we go. Right, back to the plot. <laughs> Charity things, what's going on?
7: Yes, yeah, so I did this the Shropshire Seven Peaks, so that was for Mental Health UK. Mm-hmm. Um, that went really well, really enjoyed it. Lovely day. Um, and now I've, I've moved on to raising funds for um, CPRE Shropshire, because um, I do volunteer work for them anyway. Um, and it's a, a, a Charity, really, that I don't think gets the recognition or funding that it deserves.
1: Well, um, tell us a bit about what they do, then.
7: Well, CPRE Shropshire is the local branch of the National CPRE, mm. um, and that's the campaign to protect rural England. Um, so they, any sort of, it's it's more than just looking after, uh, just looking after the countryside and open spaces. Uh, they're actually campaign to get. Um, new laws brought in to protect things they're campaigning with um, MPs and politicians to change planning laws Um, you know so there is a lot that they do behind the scenes that people probably don't realise um, but it is all about making the world a, um, a better place I suppose and it's helping uh, with climate and, change. And, not, and not
1: eroding what we already have
7: yeah protecting what we have for future mm-hmm. generations, that's what it's all about, really. The um, CPRE is, is the local branch of that, um, and what they've got running at the minute is a hedgerow project. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a project that CPRE National um, are, are backing. Um, so it is funded a lot by them, um, but it's to highlight the importance of hedgerows. Um, you know, both in your own back garden and, and out in the middle of nowhere in, in the countryside, and what benefits it does. For climate change, for wildlife, um you know, so, and, and why we need to protect it. So they're running a, a whole project from, it started in September and it's going through to April next year um, and hopefully beyond that as well, um, just to educate people about the importance to protect the hedge, hedges as well that we've already got to replant new hedgerows. They've got hedgerow planting workshops and days planned. Mm-hmm. Um, all the talks are free, they're all online as well, so you don't have to go anywhere. Um, and as I say, they go through various, um, like various subjects such as um, foraging in hedgerows, what wildlife you can find in hedgerows, how to protect hedgerows, um, and just anything to do with hedgerows is basically a lot of hedgerow
1: related stuff. <laughs> and then, yeah. how does this time with the fundraising that you're doing? Then, and, and what are you doing? Is it
7: um, well, the fundraising that I'm doing is is um, a 10k run,
1: mm-hmm. um
7: as part of um, Telf- Telford Athletic are doing it on the 12th of December. So i sort of signed up to do that and then dotted fundraising um, off the back of it as well. Um, so, you know, anybody who wants to donate, I'm going to get it in early because sometimes I forget to hand it out. So <laughs> <my laughs> Justgiving pages, uh, justgiving.com forward slash Zoe hyphen turn at 18 and you can uh, give funds on there. And if you want to find more out about hedgerows projects and everything that's happening locally and um, that is on CPRE Shopshares website and that is cpreshopshire.org.uk. The Hedge planting dates run from the 4th of December all the way through to February the 26th at the minute but there will be others added on there um, and obviously you get full training on how to do it there'll be like an expert there to show you.
1: So you're doing the run and you'll be planting some hedgerows too?
7: I will do yeah. <laughs> looks a, a, bit- <laughs> is- a lot of fun. We've had yeah. a few already, and there's pictures up on, on our website as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you, uh, you, you take it on a challenge like this, I mean, you do like your running, don't you? So this is going to be good.
7: Yeah, yeah, and I have got another one for April next year as well
1: that I can Put well, we will we talk about yeah. that then too. But <laughs> yeah. uh, as long as you keep him busy, that's what we like. And uh, what uh, with with the work that's been done here, I mean, how, how did you, you you discover this charity?
7: Oh gosh, Jason, that's opening a can of worms. That is really
1: um, okay. You, you, you saw some hedgerows and thought, "I can do better."
7: No, um, <laughs> I've been I've been volunteering for for them for quite for about twelve to eighteen months. So I mm-hmm. sort of look after their social media side of things, which, as you know, I'm I'm interested in anyway. Um, But they helped, um, I mean, a campaign group in Law called Law Matters. Yeah. um, Because there's a lot of development being proposed for us that will virtually double the size of the town. Um, So we've formed a group, we're objecting to that, and that's still in the process of of, of being objected to. And CPRE Shropshire have really helped um, us look at what we should be looking at and pointing us in the direction of what sort of things we need to be objecting to they've been really really um, you know helpful if we had to pay for that advice you know it would be um, you know a lot of money It would be priceless so and um, that's how I got into knowing who they were um, and then I've obviously I've, I've seen an advert for volunteers and I wanted to, to join them and give something back because I can see the, the work that they do is um, you know a lot of, not, not a lot of people know what they do and they can help so many more people as well and obviously look after our countryside for future generations which is the most important part of it as well.
1: Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, if we start to lose this sort of uh, environment the hedgerows are so important for uh, the, the wildlife uh, to the point at which obviously they before we cultivated the land they got plenty of places like hedgerows to run around in the hedgerows Ooh. became their new home when we started growing crops in the middle of it and uh, if we you know, lose any more hedgerows because now obviously fields are bigger because they're putting machines in rather than tending them with horses and, 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 and cattle and the like so mm-hmm. You know, it, it it is a very, very different world, isn't
7: it? Yeah. I mean they they want to increase hedgerows by forty percent by the year twenty fifty. Um and they're also campaigning to get it put into like um the new planning paper as well, that that if you want to develop somewhere, you have to look at the hedgerows and preserving it as much as you can, purely for oh. that basis.
1: That sounds like brilliant work to be done. Give us all those details again are you your just giving page where people can sponsor you for your run.
7: Yeah, it's justgiving.com forward slash Zoe and Turner 18. And the CPRE webpage for the, the dates of what they've got coming up is um, CPR let's start again, cpreshopshire.org. UK and there's all the hedgerowing things on there as I say there's free talks there's days to plant things if you want to get out and about <laughs> get your wellies on
1: that's what <laughs> I was doing thank you for joining us thank you very much Neil Curtis is back with another advent calendar for 2021 after the success of last year he joins me now on the line hello Good to talk to you from Vienna. Uh, it's almost like the Eurovision Song Contest. However, your work is somewhat different to the artistic experiences we get there. Uh, your main project is Replace Clothes With Paint, where you take male models who are dressed in a, a role for their job as it were and uh, then you strip that back and leave just them covered in paint as the, uh, the final part of that artistic because of installation. Uh, this and uh, in itself has some, uh, some challenging uh, moves into it and uh, is for the open-minded but it is certainly not about anything other than uh, the, the, the revealing of the, the human form and the way in which we, we use that in our, in our day-to-day lives yet we cover it with clothes. Yes, that's true,
0: Wow, That was very long introduction. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm working on the project Replace Close in Spain" since, since a very long time. And on my website, neilcurtis.com, you can see how the whole project progressed. And I'm now on video number 79, uh, which is called the Tornado. And I will publish a new video after my new advent calendar starts. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you mentioned the advent calendar, um, I make two different advent calendars, uh, there the advent calendar on paper, uh, but I don't do this every year, but last year I started to do an advent calendar on my website, so I released uh, a video each day. And um, so you can go to my website and each day I will have a a new video. And it's actually a progress of a session I I did uh, some time ago. And um, yeah, and um, also there's uh, some kind of competition. I'm I'm tweeting all the the videos on my Instagram account, uh, sorry, on my uh, Twitter account um and the people who who um retweet um the most will actually win something and jason do you want to see what they can win well yeah
1: i you tell us what yeah let's see what you can win i,
0: I have it here and i put uh, a post-it over the um
1: yeah so you,
0: you, you so made it say for work football, <laughs> which is what counts yep do you think I should remove the post-it? Nah, let, let's
1: no, let's not move the post-it for now. No, let's, uh, let's get the general idea on the fridge. If you want to see this, you can actually... Uh, uh, it's available in a, in, a, in a book. But your work is always something which is, is challenging. And as I say, uh, it... Uh, the, the, the open-mindedness isn't necessarily about the what is happening. It's just making sure that you don't have a problem with the human form and the human form. We all have a human body and it all has bits that we don't show and bits that we do. Uh, but you've got no uh, sort of got no holds barred view of of the people that you're, you're working with and this is how your models uh, uh, approach the the work that you're doing with them.
0: Yeah, well, I started doing body painting when I was very young. And I I painted my arms and then I painted my, my body and um, I I thought that body painting is something uh, very liberating and uh, it's something um, where you use the body and you should use the body without any restriction you know you shouldn't be scared of your body and you should also not be scared of of, of being naked because it always depends on 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 which uh, um environment you're in you know but if you're in the context of an art environment why shouldn't you be naked uh but the question is always when i work with someone and i worked with lots of people you know and uh some people are very open-minded and others are not you know um it was always or it is always the question how far should we go because i like to be very open you know but of course if i work with someone who's very like he did it for the first time painting session and he's a bit shy about what neighbors could say or or i don't know um so i'm, I'm usually very tactful and very um sensible and and of course always in every session i uh i'm very um, aware of of not to expose someone too much but then on the other side it's actually the fun of it, you know, the more you expose, the more you use the body, just like it is, you know, without any fear or any guilt, um, the better it actually is. And I have that dream or that vision of, of being totally open in a, in a painting session. Mm-hmm. And um, that's also why I choose this picture uh, you've just seen before, you know, because um, it's a very intimate shot, but it's also part of the body and it was also included in the session.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what you're doing is you're using the human body as a canvas, and the artworks that you display also use the positions and poses and the surroundings sometimes to uh, explore more what could be happening in the picture. Um, but I mean, we've seen your work in the past, and uh, we, we you know, painted a uh, male form re- re- reclined across a, a, a tree in a forest. And there's different depths and, and different layers, and, and different layers of paint, and the way in which you, you've made these images come to life. And although your work is photographic the way we see it, it's actually a, a real-life painting that you're taking a photo of.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, living art, as I would say. And I actually like the idea of, of, of living art, you know, because um, it's, uh, there is some kind of response. The person is breathing, the, the person is... is uh, Talking to me, the person is uh, having a drink with me, maybe during the session or smoking a cigarette cigarette break. And it's always very, very cool to see how the model totally painted, you know, interacts with me or interacts with other people, because that also sometimes happens, that uh, we do uh, painting sessions outside and then people come and look at us and, and, and they are shy at first, but then when they come to, to the model and see him, uh, they are very interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like this message, I, I think it's very important to, to, especially in these times, you know, this is our body, uh, we are uh, on this human planet, Earth, and, and we set the rules of how we deal with our body, you know, we can be really stiff and we can be scared of, of everything, or we can be open-minded, we can enjoy it, we can embrace the body, mm-hmm. and um, if uh, this is also linked to art, then I think this is wonderful. Well,
1: the the Advent calendar itself will begin on the 1st of December and it will give you the chance to explore uh, an installation over the 24 days and and see how that living artwork comes to life. And as we said, this is for the open-minded. It it is not in any way anything sexual. It is very much uh, just a a study on the human form, but all of that human form, there isn't anything that you won't see.
0: Yes. I choose this session because um, for me, the, the ad, uh, advent calendar, we call it, I call it, um, is uh, a very special thing because I like how people are curious about what will come next. And uh, in, the next, in, in the last session, I actually painted uh, a model black and then overpainted him with white. And by the way, <laughs> you asked me what I was wearing. I was wearing this here, this yep. is an apron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I like it because it's actually from the 1500 century, this is where um, what people wore in in, in, in bath in baths, and so it's a, quite a traditional linen cloth or something like that. But I was what well, I was wearing in the last Advent uh, calendar last year, but this year I wanted to do something different, and I instead of black and white, I decided to make a session in colors. Mm-hmm. So the model is going to be covered in three layers of paint. I'm not going to tell you which colors and uh, also the session was a very open-minded session so the model was very um, i talked to him and i said um we can go further we can i can expose you in some kind of ways i want to use you as a surface i want to use you like an object and he said yes go ahead I, i will tell you if it goes too far and he didn't tell me that it went too far and some of the scenes are very provocative to be honest and i hope that the People who will follow my advent calendar on wilkurtis.com will also like it, because um, it's uh, it's very unusual. And I'm, I always ask myself, in which direction should I go as an artist? And um, and um, for me personally, I, I like uh, to me. It's very important that I'm I'm a serious artist. And what I do, I, I'm aware of the erotic side of it, but I also don't want to be um too erotic or sexual or cheap you know but the question is how can i push the the, the the boundaries you know how can i go further and how far should i actually go
1: give us the website details
0: the website is called neilcurtis.com like my name so www.neilcurtis.com and um all these uh, all the videos will be released there and i will also feature them on on twitter You can find all the links on my website. And by the way, I just wanted to tell you something else. Do you Mm -hmm. realize that I'm not wearing my Neil Curtis clothes? I I, 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 was
1: about to get to this because
0: you you dressed very much as a racing driver today. Yes, I'm not a racing driver, I wish I (laughs) was. But I got this this, uh, racing driver uh, um, suit by accident. And you know, all my replaced clothes paint sessions they have one topic. And the last one was Torero, for example. And I want to do uh, another one with a race driver. So please, I'm searching for a race driver who wants to participate in the replace clothes paint session. in this clothes, yeah, they're fantastic. I feel very comfortable in it, actually. Um, so if you, if you have any viewers who would like to participate, give me a, uh, uh, write me an email.
1: Okay, you can do that uh, via the links on the website, neilcurtis.com. Well, then, always good to speak to you. Have a good time with the Advent Calendar for 2021, and uh, we'll talk again in the new year.
0: Thank you very much, and I also wish you a happy new year uh, once it's there, and hopefully not with corona.
1: Fingers crossed. Ciao for now. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode six hundred and fifty next week. That's a treat. I like a good round number. I'll see you then. Goodbye for now. Goodbye from the
6: mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill
0: bar. Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.